What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fast Podcast. We're going to be doing the off-season edition for a little while, going into some cool stuff like post-Super Bowl and going into the draft, which is one of my favorite times of years, and then just talking about kind of some of the transactions and stuff like that that's going on. I'm John. This is Eric. And I guess, where do you want to start, man? You want to start with uh, what happened after the Super Bowl and all that good stuff? Yeah, um... I'm essentially now in my depressed stage of football, um, not because it's the off season, but because Tom Brady won another one. So um, <laughs> that always ends the year horrible for me. So it ha- tends to happen every year. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you got to respect him, I guess. I guess. Do you see his whole uh, throwing the trophy drunk video? Yeah, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And oh then, my gosh. and then the woman—I uh, guess it was L- Lombardi's daughter or something like that—literally li- uh, demanding an apology from Tom Brady because he threw the trophy. So it wasn't even Lom- Lombardi's daughter; it was the designer of the trophy's daughter. Okay, that's who it was. Yeah, like, like what? And- he. Did you ever have you ever you watched Peyton's places, right? No, but I know what okay. it is. So literally, they created the Lombardi Trophy out of a cereal box. What? Yeah, that's the story behind a Lombardi Trophy. Is that when they were creating the Super Bowl trophy, they were like trying to figure out like what to stand it on, right. like what they wanted the stand to look like. So they used a cereal box to create the stand which is to this day still the exact same design they use. <laughs> well, I saw that she was demanding an apology from Tom Brady. And then uh, somebody was making a joke and they're like, good grief. Wait until she finds out what they do to the Stanley Cup. Right. <laughs> For real. I mean, they chug beer, beer out of it. Right. Throw it in lakes. and Right. All kinds of crazy crap. But no, I thought it was funny. I so I initially saw the drunk video of him walking and somebody having to basically hold him up. I yeah. saw that first, and then yeah. I saw the video where he threw the trophy. Gotcha. I saw them opposite. I saw the trophy first, and then the drunk walk after. Either way, it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, he has the right to go out and party and. Like, he, just because he's 43 doesn't mean he's too old to go out and party. Yeah, and then uh, people were making fun of him because of his diet and everything. They're like, yeah, yeah I guess he was drunk after a day full of eating spinach. Right. <laughs> like, you have literally nothing in your body to fight the alcohol. Hey, you know what, though? He was having a good time. He looked like he was having a good time, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. It, but he, it was- he didn't look like he had any regrets getting trashed. Right. It's so, just, it's always funny to see, you know, famous people like that. Yeah. Because people think that they're not human. Right. Yeah. When it's like, obviously, like, they're going to have fun, too. Right. Like, shoot, he had a, what, I think they said it was like a, a $10 million boat or something like that that he was partying on or whatever. Yeah, it was like his yacht that he was yeah. driving around. Yeah, like. Why wouldn't he? 
But so. anyhow, and then uh, some interesting moves lately taking place. Um, Russell Wilson was talking crap about the Seahawks offensive line and then all the rumors that they're going to trade him. And now they, they're saying they're not going to trade him. There's no way. They would There's... be they would be stupid if they traded him. Yeah, and the honest truth, and he did he speak wrongly about their offensive line? He, I think he's been sacked the most in like the past eight years of any quarterback. Yeah, ever. Right. He's not wrong. No, he's and literally like, running it, for his life every every. Single and the time. thing is, he didn't come out and say, "I want out of Seattle." He didn't come out and say. I like he didn't even say he wanted anything from Seattle. He just simply said, "I want better offensive line play." It was like his uh it was like his trainer or something that actually really was stirring it up. Yeah. He never said he wanted to leave Seattle. He just said he wanted Seattle to draft some offensive linemen. Right. And rightfully so. But they paid so much money. But think about and- this. Now that he's like publicly bashed his offensive line they're gonna they're probably gonna block even less for him now here's the thing if if they do that they're getting paid tens of millions of dollars to do their job if they choose not to do that don't you think seattle will be just be like well you can't block anyway so let me just go get somebody else and cut you oh yeah i'm sure it's gonna happen so they better play up to their up to what they're supposed to, you know what I mean? Well, regardless of what he says. And the Deshaun Watson stuff has really died down a lot. I think that's because Houston's serious about not letting him go. Right. Unless they literally got like a treasure hoard, including high draft picks and players, which they're not. Oh, yeah. They they purposefully made their want for him so drastic that nobody's going to do it right so he's going to have no choice he's either going to have to play the whole oh well i'm going to sit out games type deal which in case they can find him and take away his paychecks right and he can play that game as long as he wants to but he's going to keep losing paychecks or he can just play and he can get out of his contract the only issue is going to be is they never use the franchise tag on him. So even if he plays out his five-year contract, they can still franchise tag him up to three times right. with no repercussions. Right. And he can't do anything about it. I don't see that happening, though. No. I, I, I honestly see them just being like, hey, dude, look, we're in a new system. Like, we need you to give this a try. And, like, if this doesn't work out, we'll like trade you next year or something, but yeah, right was, now you need to give us a chance to, to fix things. Yeah. I was going to say, I think next year is his last year with Houston. Unless they can pull it together with this new staff they put. Right. I, but I think he needs, he I, personally, I think he needs to give it a chance. I think he just needs to give it to a year to be like, okay, where are we going? Because obviously I don't want to waste the talent that I have. Yeah, you gotta let's think. See, let's see where we're at. Yeah, but you don't want him to waste his prime of his career. It's but it's Houston's quarterback, and they they're paying for him. 
Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, so, him personally, like, he doesn't want to waste the prime of his career right? Like, waiting I, for a team to rebuild. I think at this point, though, he doesn't really have a choice. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, he's in a bad spot. He could, re- Like I said, he could realistically sit out and just not play. But are other teams going to look at that and be like, oh, yeah, let's go trade for this guy? It'll make him seem more like, a, I guess, like a drama queen, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I guarantee uh, teams have paid a lot more, you know, and went out and got other guys that were way more of a distraction than him. Point, yeah. um, case in point, Antonio Brown. Look what the Bucks did. They went out after him and got him. Right, but they didn't have to trade anything for them. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, teams have gotten guys that are based on their talent that are way more of a drama queen than Deshaun Watson. Right, but the big difference is most of the time, they don't actually have to give anything up for them. They just sign them and pay them. Yeah. Whereas with Deshaun Watson, like, we're talking about a team would actually have to physically give up a bunch of assets to get him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. So it's a little I, yeah, bit of a different scenario. So. Well, while we're on Houston, they released J.J. Watt. Yeah, I I, I commend them for it. I, I think J.J. is in the same boat as Deshaun. The only difference is, is J.J. is in his 30s. Right. He's not in his prime. And he's not a quarterback. Right. And, and the salary cap went down this year. So everybody right now is looking to shed salary cap that they can avoid getting into. Right. So for me, it was a win-win, both for Houston and for JJ, to be honest. Where do you think he goes? Um, Well, he's already said he's only going to go to a contender. I actually really, really liked the idea of him going up to Green Bay and reuniting with his home state where he played in college at because he played at Wisconsin. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to go to Green Bay. What do you think? Um, I really think it is between two teams, and they're actually both in the same division. Okay. I think it's between the Steelers and the Browns. Really? I wouldn't have thought either of those teams. I think the Steelers, just because both of his brothers are on that team, that's literally the the only reason I would say the Steelers. I get that, but I only knowing – that they're so their general manager, his name's Kevin Colbert. Knowing his style that he is, I don't think he's going to go for it, no matter yeah, the fact that his brother or not. I don't really think he will end up on the Steelers. I just think that that's one of the things or places that he'll look just because both of his brothers are on that team, right? Now, um, another team that that I didn't originally say. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins is trying to recruit him to come to Carol, uh, Carolina, to Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, um, I could see that because he could line up opposite of Chandler Jones. Um, I think one under the radar team is actually the Titans, though, because the Titans need edge pressure bad, and they, they have defense bad. Yeah. But yeah, I think 
So I think the Titans is per, I, my top two is probably Green Bay and the Titans. And Green well, Bay, the other thing is, is um, there a, a lot of speculation going on that they're going to release probably Preston Smith. Well, I know that J.J. Watt, I believe he already said he would like to go to Cleveland. Gotcha. But um, could you imagine him and Miles Garrett? Yeah. I think the issue there is going to be the cap. Right. Because he's not going to go and play for veterans minimum. Oh, no, no, no. He wants to get paid. Now, well, no, he actually doesn't. He's already said all he cares about is going to contender. He's willing to take a pay decrease, okay. but he has to go to a contending team. So you can get him pretty cheap, probably like eight or nine million a year, which for an edge rusher is really cheap. Um, but it really depends on does he believe that he's going to go to the Super Bowl with them? I think the Browns have a legitimate chance. I mean, they they should have beat Kansas City in that playoff game. Right. Um, I think the other thing, too, is uh, I, I saw actually I was reading tonight um, that OBJ was talking about trying to trade him again. Yeah, there, well, there's there's a lot of speculation saying that he needs to demand a trade. See, but I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't get that either. I think he's in a good spot where he's at. He was just right. injured, you know. Right, but apparently there's this whole thing about uh, Baker Mayfield was better without OBJ on the field, and he was statistically. I was going to say statistically, because he actually was because apparently OBJ was trying to get him to look his way too much. Right, and he wasn't spreading the ball around. He was just trying to get it to OBJ all the time. Jarvis Landry needs to have a conversation with his best friend. <laughs> right. I yeah, I just don't think it's in the best interest to get rid of him. If I if I was the Browns. Yeah, I mean he's but, a talented player. You just he needs to stay healthy and he needs to stop shut his mouth. Yeah, stop whining. Yeah, that's it. So just go out um, there and make a couple one-handed catches and go home. Yeah. And then did you see the the steal that the Colts got with Carson Wentz? I mean, they really they got a pretty good deal in my opinion out of that. Yeah, I think the Colts win that trade for sure. Yeah. A third round pick this year. That actually, so it is a third round pick, but if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps, um, then it moves up to a second round pick. No. Third or, round pick. Or if he plays 70% and they make the playoffs, it moves up to a second round pick. Again, no. That's I what mean, I read well. today. You read it wrong. <laughs> it is, I'm serious. This year is a third-round pick. Right. Next year is a conditional second-round pick that will move up to a first-round pick if he plays 75% or 70% and, and goes to the playoffs. That's a different article than I read then. The one from NFL was talking about it was a third-round pick that can move up to a second. Right. That's the same one I read. Here, I'll show you. Hold on. I'll go on there right now. But anyhow – Either way, they got good picks plus Carson Wentz, who's not a bad quarterback. Right. He literally had one bad year. And um, he's reunited with, I think, was it Frank Reich? Hey, I got it right here, man. It says on that same report on NFL.com. 
right. the 2022 conditional second-round pick becomes a first-round selection if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps in 2021 or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. Okay, so it moves to a first-round pick? If Yeah, as long as he plays 75% of the snaps. Wow. Yeah. So it's either a third and a second or a third and a first. Gotcha. But the third's this year, so they don't get the compensation this right, year. Right, right, until the year after. Right. That's low compensation, though, because consider that the Colts probably are going to make the playoffs next year. Right. So that'll be a really low first-round pick if that happens. Or second, either that, way. That is That's true. That is yeah. true, actually. So you're talking about like maybe like a mid twenties first round pick or a like a mid twenties second round pick probably. Right. So that's I mean, that's not amazing. I mean, it's still a second or third round pick though. It's still a decent pick. Right. Right. So I mean we'll stay. Maybe, you know, but I mean definitely the Colts won that trade though. Yeah, yeah, hands down. Because, like I was saying, Carson Wentz, he is actually a good quarterback. He yeah, just and needs he, time to throw, which the Colts right. have a great offensive line. Right. And they have a great defense. So they're definitely going to be back in the play. And the Colts have good weapons, too. They have good receivers and running backs. And the biggest part to me is that he's going back to his coach that had him at his peak level in 2018. Frank Reich, who's the head coach over in Indianapolis. Right. He was his offensive coordinator when he was in Philly when he had his best statistical years. Right, exactly. So, yeah, in my mind, I mean, that's – they're going to be – I'm not saying he's, like, going to be, like, the next Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck on the Colts, but, like, he'll probably be a good serviceable quarterback for a while. Yeah, yeah, at least for three years. Right. Yeah, I think they I think they got a good one there. Now um, that leaves Jalen Hurts as the starter for the Eagles and Right, with Nate and, Sudfield as a backup. But honestly, I'm not I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I think No, me no. His so he played four games, right? I think he His threw first more games. he threw more interceptions than touchdowns, I thought. Right. I honestly the the statistic that I look at the most is his completion percentage. Right. He only completed 52% of his passes. Wow. One of the things that I've always heard is that going into the NFL, like this is from like scouts, like executives, stuff like that, the one thing that you really can't fix is accuracy issues. Right. Like like look at Lamar Jackson. Like everybody's like, oh, he's a star. He's a star runner. He is not the best quarterback out there. Like, his arm talent is not the best. Right. His accuracy issues still linger on. Like, he still has a, I think, an accuracy rating of, like, 56 or 57%. Like, and that's probably never going to change. That's true. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. He's a runner first. They're probably going to try and play the same style offense that Baltimore is. That's the only way that you'll have any success with it. Yeah. So if I'm them, I'm calling up Greg Roman. <laughs> that is my first call I'm making. And I'm saying, okay, what the heck do we need to do to run this Baltimore-style offense? Yeah, I I just feel like the Eagles are 
they they definitely they, are losing out big time with this. With they honestly, they might have a worse record this year than they did last year. That would because be they, hard to do, but it's it's possible. Their new head coach that they have literally has almost no experience in the NFL, and all of the coaches that he's had that he's hired all are like super young and have like zero experience in their roles. Like all of them, every single one has almost zero experience in the role that they were hired for. Yeah. Well, so think about the Jaguars. So they get urban Meyer. Right. And then urban Meyer hires this dude that was like known for being racist. Right. It's like, that is not a very good first move. Right. Which you saw, he resigned, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, then the guy resigns. I was like, wow, the Jaguars really got a winner right there. Yeah. So they're looking at another 2-14 and season probably. For real. Or 1-15 or whatever they were. Right. So do you think that the Jags at the number one spot, do you think they go Trevor Lawrence like everybody in the freaking planet thinks? If they do, they have a lot of issues. <laughs> um, so. I think that's a going to be a – like I've said since day one, I think Trevor Lawrence is a bust. Yeah. So, all right. So here's the one reason why I'm saying absolutely yes. Urban Meyer – literally told Trevor Lawrence to do his pro day early so that he could go ahead and rest up and get his surgery that he needed so he could be ready by training camp. Which is actually what he did. Yeah. If you're not prepared to draft that guy immediately, you don't go tell that guy that. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like He's ready to draft him. Yeah, and Urban Meyer is a college coach, so he's going to want a a college – player you know right the number like, one obviously they're all college players but trevor lawrence to me is a college player he's not right. an nfl player yeah which i mean i i hope for his sake he has a good career like for his sake because he's a human too but i just the same way you see it it's like at clemson he always had this really talented team around him right and I just think at the next level with bare like uh, if he goes to the Jaguars on a barren of talent team, <laughs> right? I just don't see much success coming his way. Yeah, is he that big of a playmaker that he can save a team with no talent? I don't right. think so. You know what? That really reminds me. I read an article earlier as well. So between, I think it was two thousand and nine and twenty sixteen. Zero quarterbacks that were drafted in the one or two spots are currently on their team that they were drafted by. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too, actually. They've all been traded or don't even play anymore. They said that the draft analyst that, you know, told everybody, oh, these are going to be the next blah, 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 are literally zero for 22. (laughs) Right. Like – so you're telling me that if this guy gets drafted number one, there's a good chance he'll be the best thing since Peyton Manning? There's a good no. chance he'll be the worst. Oh, there's a good chance he'll be the next Ryan Leaf. Right, exactly. Just as much as there's a chance for him to be the next Peyton Manning. 
keep right. in mind. Right. There is a chance for him to go and be a really good quarterback and have a really good career, but there's also just as much of a chance for him to be a total bomb. I mean, when you really think about it, there's more later round quarterbacks that have had long, great NFL careers than there are first rounders. Lately, it's been the number 12 pick. <laughs> right. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson both were the number 12 pick in the first round. Well, we'll see what happens with uh, – I think Mahomes, he, he's got uh, his toe surgery that he had. Right. So that shouldn't be too big of a deal. I think everything went well on that. Yeah. Um, but they need to – they need to fix that offensive line. Well, I know they were missing. Are. I know they were missing Eric Fisher, but one right. guy does They're not missing, do that. No, no, no. They were missing three guys. Let's not get this wrong. They well, were missing three guys in the Super Bowl. Well, they had to switch two guys' positions to because Eric Fisher and then one other guy was out. I think with COVID. So Eric Fisher, Mitchell Swartz. But also, before the season even started, they had their opt-out. Lauren, yeah. um, Lauren, I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah. His, his first name's Lauren, and then it's like Tardif something. Right, yeah, he opted out in the beginning. Of right. The year. He was a major part of that line the year before. They were missing him all year. So, um, so here's the thing. Does, does that guy come back next year? COVID's yeah. still here. He... Uh, as far as I'm aware, he he is coming back. Like my thing is like what what's the point of opting out this year if you're not going to opt out again? All like right. it's he, not like anything's changed. I don't know if you know his story or not. The Lord, no, I, I never about. really looked too much. Well, into he's it. actually from Canada. Really? He's he yeah he actually is a doctor, and he really? wanted to stay. He yeah he wanted to stay in his home country to help people that were sick because he felt that it was wrong that he got to go out and do what he loved while other people had to stay at home and, you know, whatever, because he wanted to help the people that were sick. All right. Now that is commendable. Yes. That's why. Yeah. That's when I heard that story, I said, Oh my gosh, that's, that's crazy. He passed up. I think it was like $4.5 million. So he, and he was volunteering, mind you, he's not getting paid for this. Right. He volunteered to stay back home for free to help the people that were sick with COVID. Well, the the guys that opted out still got like half a million dollars, but right. Either way, that's Regardless. not that's not five million. <laughs> right. Regardless, he missed out on a lot of money just so he could stay back home and help help with COVID. Right. So i I thought that was a very very impressive. Now, so, I wonder if they could have uh, put him as their man of the year, um, even, even though he wasn't even technically on the team that year. I think that's probably why they didn't. But I imagine he will probably next year, as long right. as he wins the team again. Speaking so. of speaking of awards, Alex uh, – actually, I was thinking about this. This is the first year that I can remember – and as long as I can remember, that multiple Washington players won year-end awards. Oh, I know. Like, ever. Defensive Rookie of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. Right. 
this also might be the first year where the comeback player of the year isn't even on the team they were on the previous year. Because I don't think we're going to keep Alex Smith, to be honest. Yeah, I think that they probably are going to get rid of him. He did say that he still wants to play football. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be with us. Which you hate to see, but I just I think his career is over. Well, and he's in like I said earlier with the salary cap, like it's going down, and we're I think he was twenty one million dollars or something like that, and it's he's none of it's guaranteed. So they right. need to just get it. And I agree yeah. with that. They should not pay him $21 million. Yeah, he's most likely so. not going to be the starter. You already gave a, a big signing bonus to Heineke. Right. Which actually was pretty small. It well, so. was like $8 million, But for a quarterback, yeah, that is nothing. Yeah. But if Heineke ends up being the starter, right, that's, that's a steal. steal. Yeah. Like, you know, that that guy's basically playing for free at quarterback. Right. All right. Well, do we want to go over our, like, little drafts we did earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. All right. So, we did this on Fanspeak. And I'm going to do the Dallas Cowboys. So, we're going to do half of a division each week. So, the, this week and the next week, we're going to do NFC East. And we're doing Dallas and Washington football team today. And then next week we'll do Eagles and Giants. And then we'll just keep rolling with it until we get to the drafts. Because I think as long as we do it each week, I think we'll be able to cover every single team two by two moving up to the draft with plenty enough time to get there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So with the 10th pick in the first round for the Dallas Cowboys, I selected tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. I don't know if you know much about this kid or not, but everybody's saying he's going to go in the top five. So the fact that I actually even was able to select him with the 10th pick was amazing to me. He's like unanimously every time been p- being picked on NFL.com in the top five. When is the last time we saw a tight end get drafted that high? I really uh, don't know. I think you're actually right that it was Vernon Davis. Because the closest that I know would be either Eric Ebron, which I think was pick number seven or eight. And then there was one other one. It was um it was also with the Lions. Um what was his name? Um TJ Hawkinson. Yes, Hawkinson. And he was seven or eight last year. It's pretty, um, it's pretty rare that a tight end goes that high. Yeah, but I thought number 10 was a pretty solid pick, to be honest. Consider, but they, they're way overhyping this guy. I mean, it, apparently he's so good, they're comparing him to George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Right. I mean, come on. You know, like he hasn't played at that level yet. Let's, you know, OJ. Oh, maybe it was OJ Howard. Uh, like for, yeah, for the Bucks, Tampa. But I think he was actually number 10 or something like that. So maybe not even him was that high. I think I think the highest top five that a tight end since last time was pro- – it probably was Vernon Davis. Well, if you have a good tight end, it really does make a difference. I mean, look right. at the teams that have been in the Super Bowl the past couple of years. Yeah. You, this you know, year you have, you have Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. 
Last year you had George Kittle. Right. And Travis Kelsey again. Right. You know, it was really funny. Um, I saw that when I was looking through the Cowboys, like, needs list, quote-unquote, tight end wasn't on there. I, I Cowboys have a tight end that's really stellar on their roster. They have Blake Jarwin, but he's – I don't see him as, like, this stellar tight end. You think that's their biggest need, though? No, no, that's not their biggest need. But I also – when I'm when I'm drafting, I'm not looking at biggest needs. I'm looking at best player available, and then once I get to a certain point, I'm looking at best player available based on need. Right. But first round, you should never draft just for need. You should draft who the best player on your board is. Right. Always. Uh, let me get to the second pick here. So second pick was Landon Dickerson out of Alabama, which I saw that you had on yours as well. We'll talk about that later. Um, so, I, I again, I don't think you probably know much about him, but he actually um, he should have been a first-round pick. He's actually probably the most technically sound inside uh, offensive lineman in this draft. The issue is, is he had a knee injury right at the end of his season at Alabama. Right. So it's going to set him back. Uh, my two third round picks, I had D lineman, Jalen Tawan out of Pittsburgh. And then I had cornerback Eof, Ifatu Melafuanu out of Syracuse. Okay. So kind of with the Cowboys, the one thing that I wanted to make sure is like their, their offensive and their defensive line. I feel like probably needs the most upgrades on it, in my opinion, because it's just both of those last year were pretty bad. Which is so funny because like two, three years ago, they literally had the best offensive line in football. Right. And it's it's pretty bad now. Right. Um, and then their defensive line has been pretty bad for a while. Um, their cornerback room is really really short too this is why that's why i picked up that third round pick with him um my fourth round picks because they have two of those as well is edge rusher peyton turner and safety caden stearns peyton turner's out of houston and caden stearns is out of texas so for any team once i get to like the fourth round and beyond i've kind of noticed a trend of a lot of teams actually because they know them more they draft locally. Right. So, like, a lot of the times, like, when I've seen, at least for our team, like the Redskins, once they get to, like, the fourth round, I see, like, a lot of, like, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Temple, like, all these colleges that are, like, kind of, like, just, like, a state or two away because the area scouts, they have so many more in those areas to look at them. That, that's a good point. Uh, fifth round. I went with wide receiver Jalen Darden out of North Texas and cornerback DeCommodore Lenoir out of Oregon. Again, I went with kind of like that. I'm going with a lot of DBs because I felt like that was one. I was going like, to say you're really stacking the defense. Yeah, they need it. I mean, that look at their offense was the number one offense yeah, before, and- before um, what's his name, went down. Yeah, Dak Prescott. So, but- yeah. 
But the the thing is, they do need defense. They were one of the worst defenses statistically yeah. ever. ever. They, have, they have 11 picks. And I think out of their 11 picks, I went eight defense. Right. They need it. Just plain and simple. They need defense. Um, they're two six-round picks. I actually went quarterback, Kellen Mond, out of Texas A&M. And I went offensive tackle, Landon Young, out of Kentucky. And then my last pick in the seventh round was linebacker, Garrett Wallow. So, so I went... I went seven and four. I went seven defense and four offense. So quarterback, you drafted a quarterback because you think Dak Prescott is out? No. No, this is a six-round quarterback. This is a backup. Tom because Brady. their backups that they had, Tell their that backups to Tom Brady. were atrocious. Tell that to Tom Brady. Hey, I'm just saying, he's literally the only six-round pick like in the history of the NFL to have a career like that. <laughs> right. So... But yeah, no. It's this is backup material, and this is because the backups were awful last year. Yeah, they they need a better backup. So you're saying Andy Dalton was awful? Yes. Yeah, he he did have a pretty bad season. Yeah, look at all those weapons he had around him. They should have still been in the playoffs. He he did start coming on towards the end of the year, but that's little too little too late. It was late. So, uh, f- for mine, I did the draft for the Skins. And they had eight total picks. You still there? Yep, I'm, like, I'm just right. listening. Yeah, so they had eight total picks. And uh, first round with the 19th pick, I picked a linebacker, Micah Parsons. Yep, he's a – he – he reminds me a lot of Devin White down in Tampa. And Devin White is an absolute monster. Yeah, he's a stud for sure. Because, you know, we had some, uh, you know, we're going to have, I don't know if he already retired or what, but he's probably going to. And then uh, I just think we need a little bit of help at linebacker. Um, yeah, that's one of our biggest spots on defense. Probably one of our only big holes on defense is linebacker. Right, exactly. Pro- yeah, they probably the only hole. Um, other than corner, and I did actually pick up uh, two corners in this uh, mock draft. However, with the second round pick, I got a guard, an offensive guard, Trey Smith. So yep. I think we need a lot of help on the line right now. We've just had a lot of injuries, not a lot of con- continuity between all the guys on the line. And I think we either need some guys to push the starters that we have now. Right. Or get new people in there. Right. Now, I definitely will say, um, I definitely think we do need competition. I don't know if that needs to come necessarily with a second round pick, only because we do have a lot of guys um, currently in the building, like like Sadiq Charles that didn't even really play last year. And then – like, I thought, really, towards the end of the year, we had one of the better-rated offensive lines. Um, yeah, yeah, once they got up. some time together, they were they were gelling a little bit. Yeah, I think we had it. It ended up being, like, the 16th-ranked offensive line. So it does need work, um, definitely. And every offensive line, even the best ones, still need work every single year. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's a decent pick. He's a, he's a good guard. So the skins, they had two third round picks and I picked up a cornerback Paulson Adebo. Um, I think we're going to need a little bit of help at corner. I know we got Ronald Darby last year and he played decent. Um, but it's always good to have more corners, more yeah. receivers and more corners. We honestly, our top three corners are pretty locked up as long as we re-sign Ronald Darby. Right. We got Darby, Moreland, and Fuller. And that's a really pretty good top three. Yeah, not bad. And then uh, the second third round pick was that the center that we were talking about earlier, Landon Dickerson. Yes. Yeah, if you can get him in the third, I mean, that is a steal. Right. I mean, this guy really, before his injury, he probably would have been like a top 15 pick. Right, exactly. So I, I picked him up. So that's a couple of uh, linemen that we're going to need. And then we desperately need more weapons. So in, yeah. the, in the fourth round, I picked up a wide receiver, DeMonte Coxie. Where's he out of? Uh, Memphis. Okay. That's where um, Antonio Gibson came from. Yep. Okay. I might have to look him up later. I haven't heard of him before. So we just need weapons. So picked up a receiver and then also another weapon in the fifth round picked up a, a tight end because is Logan Thomas really our answer at tight end? I don't know. He had a decent year, but like that's not like his true position. You know, they've they moved. You know what's him. weird though? They honestly, he was actually like a it's statistic wise top ten tight end. But he was so off and on. Like he yeah. he had great but, but games I think, and then he had games where he didn't even show up. I but I think you also I, not to not to say you're not you're not wrong. But the other part of that is our whole offense was kind of off and on. Yeah. Especially towards the beginning of the year. But it was really. But a huge reason is because of the quarterback play. We had a different quarterback in there like every other week. Right. That's what I'm saying, though, is that I I actually do think he's the answer. Um, I'm not going to say permanent answer, but I think at least for like a year or two, he's plug and play. And we definitely do need a backup tight end, though, because Jeremy Sprinkle needs to yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. He's atrocious. And, I mean, we could sign a free agent, or we, but I think drafting, it's probably a good, good spot to take a tight end in, like, the fifth. Right. So then uh, the Skins, they didn't have any sixth-round picks, but they did have two seventh-round picks. So I just picked up a couple, a couple more, uh, I guess, needs that we would have. Or like positions that are always good to have backups in. So I got a an offensive tackle, Dan Moore Jr. And I got another corner, Christian Tut. Gotcha. So um I I really wanted to get more offense like weapons, but they yeah. just there was nobody that was really available right. that, you know should have gone in the positions that I was drafting. So I went more so with needs. Gotcha. So the only thing I probably, if I was in your football team's position, 
I probably with that second round pick instead of going for a guard, I probably would have reached a little bit to go for a receiver there. Right, but that's yeah. the thing. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to pick up somebody that's you know projected fourth round talent in the and pick them up in the second round. Right, or maybe even the, in, in the third. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, once you get really past like the fifth, sixth, seventh round you're looking for developmental players and you're looking for special teamers. And that's pretty much it. Right. Like, which they, corners. Know, yeah. Corners are always going to be good for special teams. Yeah. So yeah. Even offensive tackles. Um, Cause right. that front, that front three section. Right. When you're doing the kickoff returns and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, overall though, I think, I think it, that would be very, um, very line heavy. Definitely, yeah. if you went that direction, which yeah, three, wouldn't surprise me. Three, Rivera, yeah, but... three out of the eight picks were linemen. Yeah, and it wouldn't. That honestly would not disappoint me horribly. Um, I definitely would want to see more weapons, like you were just talking about. Yeah, um, I, what I want to see, I want to see weapons. And if we don't get a quarterback in free agency or through through a trade. Like a good quarterback, right. I I would not be mad if they drafted a quarterback. Right. So, I'll say this because I've like I've done quite a few of those drafts. One thing that I've noticed, which obviously means nothing, because this is just like a fantasy draft, but I noticed because there's like these five quarterbacks they're talking about in the first round. Right. Like one of these upper tiered level ones, like whether it be like Trey Lance or Zach Wilson at a BYU that are, like, projected both to be, like, top, like, eight picks right now. Justin Con- Fields. Yeah. Consistently, one of them falls all the way to 19 in the drafts. Consistently. Right. I've actually, in my drafts, because I think I've done, like, four of them with the Washington football team, I've twice got to draft Zach Wilson at a BYU, who's, a, who's expected to be the number three prospect overall. Right. So, like, mo- a lot of people are expecting him to go uh, pick number two to the Jets. But a lot of the times I'm noticing on these fan speak drafts that Trey Lance ends up going first, and then somehow he just drops all the way down to 19 to me. I mean, literally anything can happen. You know, yeah. once we once we get there, get there to that day, you know, there's so much speculation and right. – this team's going to do this, and then they end up making a trade last minute during the draft. Right. My thing is, is that honestly, um, my my whole point about talking about that was I think that's an almost an idealistic thing that could happen is, is like 18 teams, is there five teams out of those 18 teams that necessarily have to take a quarterback with that first-round pick? Right or need to take a quarterback with that first-round pick? I don't think so. I Realistically, I don't think there's five teams. I think yeah, because... for, sure, for sure Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go first to the Jags. Um, the Jets, I almost think that they keep Sam Darnold and then they actually trade back and let another team move up to that number two spot to take whether it be Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whatever, dealer's choice at that point. Right. Um, and after that, I don't see any teams that have to take a quarterback in the first round. A lot of people are saying Panthers. Um, 
They just signed Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater last year. I don't think he – I think Teddy Bridgewater's a, a serviceable quarterback, and they need to keep building that team. Like, don't just go chasing a quarterback now. Like, build the team. Right. And then they're also saying uh, – who was it? They're, they're talking about Philly drafting another quarterback. There's like, no way. If, if they did that, <laughs> can you imagine how much backlash the Philly fans would have? They're probably already pissed. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think besides that, though, I don't really know of any other teams that are truly at looking to maybe get a quarterback there. Maybe the Lions, but, I mean, they just got Jared Goff, and are they really looking to uh, – like, do they really want Jared Goff to be the quarterback, or do they want to start really building towards the future with Jared Goff? I, I think they're sticking with Jared Goff. Same. I really do. I think they're going to stick with him. So you tell me, I mean, where do you, do you see five teams that are wanting a quarterback on the first 19? It's tough. I think that, I think that the majority of the teams that really need a quarterback will probably try to either trade or get one in free agency versus drafting one. Yeah. I I think it's more effective at this point. You can get a a quarterback that's a proven commodity rather than a quarterback that you don't know who they are. Right. So, I mean, a.k.a. Dwayne Haskins, he's all this, oh, 50 touchdowns. He's going to be – he's got super arm talent. He's going to be so good. I mean, he got cut after two years. And he didn't even start a full season's worth of games. Yeah. I mean, and we spent a first-round pick on this guy. Right. You know, and I think teams are looking at that and they're like, you know what? Look at all these picks that just haven't worked out in the first round with quarterbacks. Like, why should we keep drafting them this high if they're not working out? Yeah. I think, I, they, look, I think they look at that. I'm not a huge fan of drafting quarterbacks first round anyway. Yeah. I, I think. We really – we should try – I'm not necessarily saying it has to be a wide receiver in the first round, but I think we should try to find some kind of weapon in the first round, whether it be yeah, – like if, absolutely. say, Kyle, maybe Kyle Pitts drops somehow and we get a really good tight end or if there is a wide receiver sitting there or a, a really good linebacker like Micah Parsons, I would not be against that at all. Yeah, we, we need to get somebody to help out Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, that has to be a major priority this offseason, whether that's free agency, maybe going out and getting, like, Allen Robinson. Yeah, they, I was going to say they keep talking like about Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson is not going to come play for us unless we have a real, legit QB. Right. Why no. would he leave what he's been dealing with to come deal with it again? Money. Yeah, but... Money speaks. Doesn't matter. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to provide for his family for the future. Money. Yeah, I guess. And Dan Snyder's known for shelling out money. Right now, here's the thing, though, because it really seems like Ron Rivera really at this point is the one calling the shots. Is that who Ron Rivera is? No, right. not. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Allen Robinson is going to come to the team unless we have a legit quarterback no but i do think that there's a couple under the radar wide receivers and free agency that definitely could be a good fit 
Um, Keelan Cole from the Jaguars is one of them. Right. I think that he'd be a decent fit. Um, another one was um, Curtis Samuel from the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that would be a good pickup. Um, and yeah, he's a free agent. And and I don't think that I don't think they'll be able to keep him because I think he's going to be a little too expensive. And the Panthers are kind of um, cash strapped right now themselves. We need a big physical receiver. What would you think about this? Chris Godwin. Why not? Like, I really, I don't think Tampa's going to be able to afford guys. I don't think Tampa's going to be able to afford him unless he takes a major pay cut so he can stay there and get another ring with Tom Brady. Well, Mike Evans already said he's going to take a pay cut to stay there. Really? Yep. Wow. That's yeah. My, Mike Evans already came out and announced he will be taking a pay cut to stay there. That's insane. They want to win. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't blame them because it's their one shot. Yeah, they have Tom Brady, and they know, you know, he's going to win no matter what happens. So. No, that's their one shot. <laughs> right. So, but, yeah, I mean, I guess – um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll dig more into it, I guess, a little next week when we get into the uh, the Eagles and the Giants. Yeah, um, the, Eagles one, the Eagles one is going to be interesting. Yeah, I definitely – I see a lot of movement this offseason going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think it's going to be even more than it was last year, and there was a lot last year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think for me that kind of wraps it up for this week. Yeah. No, hopefully uh, – I don't know. Like I said, I just – I really want to see the Skins draft weapons. Right. Yeah. I think that's – for Skins, that's number one priority. And I think for – like I said, for Cowboys, I think number one priority is defense, defense, defense. Because they have offense. They need oh, defense. Yeah. Yep, I 100% agree with that. So, uh, like, like you're saying, next week we're going to do the Eagles and the Giants. And then every week we're just going to – we're going to knock out another division, another division until we get to the actual draft. And we'll see how, you know, how accurate we were on all of our picks. Sounds like a plan, man. All right. So uh, that was this week's fast. All right. Talk to you all later. See you.